and they've barely started their life together. And she's, you know, she's like, I love this man. I don't care if he's cheated on me. I don't like, I just want to love him. But for him, the love is so conditional. And I just see that as a protection mechanism. As his dad left him when he was a kid. So I said to him, consider that maybe you're, you want to leave this relationship and you're using these excuses as the reason to do it because you're so afraid of being abandoned, just like your mom, your dad abandoned you. So you would rather leave before being left. It's relational. Greetings and salutations, our good people. Welcome to another episode of It's Relational. My name is Kimar. My name is Deani. And on today's episode, today's episode, we have a special treat for everybody of It's Relational, correct? Yes, finally. A guest that I've been waiting for. Oh, oh, oh. So what happened to all the other guests? They're all amazing, but I, I've always wanted to speak to this particular guest. What type of category are they in? They're in marriage counseling. Marriage counseling? More marriage coach. coaching. Yeah. It's a it's like a play on play, I'll say. Okay, okay. Marriage coach, huh? Counseling. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. And you know what's great about this marriage coach that we're talking to? Yeah. She's married. Yes, that's the best part. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, you have some of these professionals and nothing against them, but they're giving you this perspective, yet they're single. And I'm like, you're great and all, but like you're not giving me real world experience, real time experience, you know? Yes, that's true. Oh man. So we gotta also throw a quick shout out to Mr. Ahmad Speaks. Ahmad, you know, he goes by many different names, but shout out to Ahmad because he's the one who cultivated and created this uh episode right now because he put us together. So shout out to him on an earlier episode. Yes, thank you so much for the connection. Yes. Like what he said in the last episode, the most um um great Oh, the most important currency yeah, important in currency. business is relationships. Relationships, yes. It's relational. It's sensational. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we have a friend who's up in Canada, right? Not like you're, you know, not like the old, oh, you know, in Toronto. She's actually in, if I'm not mistaken, the Vancouver area. Integrity is extremely important. Like, if someone is good for you in the beginning, just remember that relationship. Relationship? Relational. <laughs> Relationships are the most important currency in business. Ooh, say that again. Say that again. Relationships are the most important currency in business. Man. Most of the money I've made has... Yeah, and I think they're on the West Coast time, so we appreciate her with her timing because I know it's like three hours behind or something like that. I, I, I got to look it up. You got to look it up? <laughs> anyway, all right, all right. So we hyped her up a little bit. You know, she is a professional of many years, and we're really going to get into it. So let's bring her up then. Yeah, bring her up. All right. <laughs> so without any further ado, we want to welcome all the way from Vancouver, um, Canada, Miss Janelle. How we doing? Welcome, welcome. Wait, wait. Happy <laughs> to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for yes. joining us. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I love talking about love and marriage and relationships. And every time I can give my husband a big shout out for being an awesome husband, I will take that opportunity. So thank all you. Right. Nice. I like that. Shout out to him because he's a man's man. We learn off camera how much of a man's man he is, but shout out to him. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So with today, you know, we have a lot of questions we want to ask you. But before we get into that, let's get a formal background on you. You know, obviously, we got to hear how long you're married. Um, a little story time of how you and your husband met and then how you got into your profession. 
Yeah. Okay. I love talking about this. So I've been with my husband for 17 years. Mm. We've been married for 11 years and we are so in love. And I don't take that lightly because I think for couples who've been together as long as we have and have gone through what we've gone through together, it is such a miracle and a blessing and such a celebration to say, I am so in love with this man for so long. And I think a lot of people won't believe me when I say this, but we've never had a dip in our relationship. It has always been 110% the entire time, whether you're talking about intimacy, sex, you know, communication, um, the passion, it's always been this very extreme caliber. Um, But I also want to let people know that my life hasn't always been this way. Um, my husband, Mike is actually my second husband. And I went through what a lot of couples go through in their first marriage, trying to figure out, you know, why is, why is this so hard? This shouldn't be so hard with someone that I love. And, you know, being Catholic and being Filipino, that was a really, really hard lesson for me to learn. But it was also such a gift because that was the first time in my life, I think I was around I was 24 when I met him, and I think I was about 29 when we got divorced. But it was just the perfect opportunity for me to look at myself and really discover the things that I hadn't healed with my childhood trauma around my dad and how the reason why my life and my relationships were going the way they were going was because of me, not the people I was choosing, but because of who I was being it impacted the choices I was making, which were not great choices. You know, I, because my self-worth was so low, I chose men that I already knew probably subconsciously, this was, this wasn't going to be someone that I could take home to mom and wasn't going to be someone that was going to be a long-term partner. But because I thought so little of myself, that's what I attracted. And so that experience in my life kind of propelled me to be where I am now. And I don't think I would be doing this work. I don't think that I would have the the relationship that I have with Mike now. And there are times when my husband would say to me, you know, I really wish I met you before him. And I always say the same thing. I said, no, baby, because who I was before, before him is not the same person I am now. I would have taken advantage of you. I, I would have used you as a doormat. Like, you're a nice guy. And I just was not into nice guys. They were, to me, they were boring. I could manipulate them. I wanted the hard ones that I knew were going to break my heart. You know what I mean? Uh, a challenge. Yeah, the challenge. And also, I think setting my, like, it's like a self-sabotage thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that what makes me such a great, partner for couples who are going through that feelings of resentment and shame and embarrassment and abandonment and disappointment and all those feelings is that I get it. I've been there Mm -hmm. and I got out on the other side of it and I had a happy ending, but I had to do a lot of work on myself. I had to get responsible for stuff that I was unwilling to be responsible And then lastly, I had to learn how to give myself compassion and grace and forgiveness, which was something that I wasn't really taught as a young person. And my husband is actually the one who has taught me what it means to have unconditional love, 
what it means to be such a team player and how beautiful vulnerability can be when it comes to creating that deep intimacy with a partner. Mm. Wow. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> what a Ooh. powerhouse. My goodness. Ooh. And I, I, I love that, that he brought that out of you. I love that he brought that out. Cause it's, so we always say like, when you choose um, your spouse, choose someone that's going to elevate you and you can elevate them. Like it's like a, equal beneficial not just one person benefiting from the relationship mm. yeah growing and glowing together yeah can i bring god in for a minute of course he's always there i just want to bring him in for a minute because i remember when i used to pray and i noticed how my prayers would change so it started with Lord, just bring me anybody. And then anybody would come like, no, no, no. Okay, change the order. Change the order. Okay, give me someone who's super, super smart. Got that order. No, no, no. That he was, he was way too arrogant. Okay. And then I actually asked for a millionaire and I actually got him. And then I was like, oh God, this guy just works all day long. I mean, I don't want, that's not what I want. And then I asked for someone who was perfect. Got him. That was like boring and annoying. Because I always felt like I was never, I could never reach it. So then I ended up saying, Lord, just give me someone who will love me as much as I love him. And that's what I got. And so me and my, we have this running joke where I'll be like, I love you. And he'll say, I love you more. I'm like, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure I love you more. And it's like this little playful banter that we do. But we just, we, we love each other so much. But more importantly, we show each other. It's not just lip service. It is such a expression of giving and teamwork and, you know, how two best friends truly have each other's back. That's how we are. And so, you know, I, we are so solid in our relationship. Um, one thing also is my husband is a, is a rock star. He's a musician. He tours. He records. He does clubs. And, you know, in the beginning, I felt a little bit um, worried, you know, not even so much for him, but really the women, <laughs> right? But, you know, <laughs> I am so confident in us and he's so confident in me that it's not even an issue. It's just like, hey, baby, go have fun. Or he'll be like, hey, you want to come? I'm like, no, it's all good. You do your thing. Just make sure you wear your wedding ring, <laughs> you know? But it's like yep. we just have this level of trust that is so extraordinary that I, you know, every moment when I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning, like that's the first thing that I, I say thank you for is thank you for this gift, this partnership, this human being who is such a symbol of love and God's love for me. And I, I do my best to not take, take, care, take advantage of that. Wow. I hope he's maybe eavesdropping and hearing this all the little nice. things. You know? This is really nice. Wow. So so, so based on all these different experiences, that's why you got into yeah. the profession, right? Yeah. Or was it like well, a light bulb moment so thing? So I had two light bulb moments. One was turning 40. And, you know, I had this moment where I was, mm -hmm. I was imagining myself at the pearly gates of heaven. And St. Peter saying to me, Janelle, what did you do with your life? In, up, at the, up until this point, I'd been a very successful sales manager, sales rep, sales relationship coach kind of person. And I thought, but you know what? 
I haven't really done anything that was such a self-expression of my love for people. Because I sold software, right? And of course, I dealt with people, but mm. it didn't feel like me. It was kind of like I had this uniform on. And I really wanted, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, give me a job that is so Janelle and allows me to give the love that I have to give in a way that is only me, that only I can give. And then there was this other moment where I, I said to my husband, you know, if I could just bottle you up, like if I could squeeze your essence and bottle you up, I would be a billionaire. And of course I can't do that. So then I thought, well, what if I could just share what it's like and the things that make us extraordinary, the little details, because it's nothing huge, but it's the little details that make every day special and can have us continue to grow and not get bored and not get stuck in this roommate vicious cycle that so many couples get into and continue to grow as a couple. Right. Nice. And I think we all should have that kind of moment in life, right? Where you're like, what am I really doing? Am I really impacting the world? Like, what am I really doing with my yeah. gifts? And that's great. And I'm sure like you, each and every day that you sit with a couple and you turn around their relationship, it is yeah. Been very well, even if I'm really honest about it, I think it's 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 more than just about the couple. For me, it's about where is the where is our world? What is our world coming to? No, we are, we are in this world mm. where people leave relationships because they're not in the mood. You know, right? Like yes. one little oh, yeah, thing. Like, yeah. So, for example, I was talking to a couple last week. And they've been married for eight months. And she is like this party girl. She's fun. She's got life. She's this very carefree spirit. And he's very conservative and very traditional. And he said, you know, I love her so much. But my non-negotiable is she cannot drink and she cannot smoke. She can't even vape. And so he's asking her to change so much about herself to fit his preferences you know and so it's like how can we really be happy and how can we love ourselves when our partner isn't able to love us just the way we are and so I think it's so important to to be honest with who we are but I think even more importantly what are the fears that keep us from actually opening our heart because my question to this guy was like if this was such a big deal to you why didn't you bring it up before you got married Right? It was so yeah, big. That's what came to yeah. me too. Like And so now they're getting divorced and they've barely started their life together. And she's, you know, she's like, I love this man. I don't care if he's cheated on me. I don't like I just want to love him. But for him, the love is so conditional. And I just see that as a protection mechanism. Because his dad left him when he was a kid. So I said to him, consider that maybe you're you want to leave this relationship. And you're using these excuses as the reason to do it because you're so afraid of being abandoned, just like your mom, your dad abandoned you. So you would rather leave before being left. Mm-hmm. We're getting deep. Wow. Yes, I love Well, a lot of times the decisions we make, it's all yeah. subconscious. It's a deeper thing. Like when you give an answer to a question, it's like, okay, what is the real, what's your real answer? Because yeah. the first choice is not the real choice. Oh, right. Like, of course, yeah. They always say that. It's like, yeah. okay, that's not the real answer. I agree. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And a lot of times people rush yeah. into marriages too. It's like, can they keep forgetting love is not only the only ingredient. Yeah. It's more than love. It's more than love. And like what you kept saying, love yeah. is an action word and it has to be unconditional plus the yeah. work plus the change. And plus like both of you just yeah. evolving together. Yeah. It's really time. I was thinking about this this, this morning, actually, was like, when we look for a partner, we're looking for partnership, we're looking for companionship, we're looking to create community and possibly family. But then there's this like switch in our brain, when we get married, and all of a sudden, it's about like, what can you do for me? Right? All of a sudden, there's this like, subliminal, subliminal, flip that we go from going like i just want to be with you i just want to love you to you better do these things or else <laughs> or else you get no sex for me tonight yeah you have to fit a certain mold yeah right, right, it's right. like you have to fit a certain mold yeah. of what i expect you to be as a husband or as a wife and it's like hold up now these high expectations yeah. are a little too high for me yeah and then, like you gotta dress a certain way act a certain way it's like you're not allowing me to be myself. Yeah. I thought you wanted to marry me, the person, not this idea of what you made up me to be. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because um, one of a, a trending um, video or moment we have with Amai is... What is one tip you would give to somebody listening in to have a beautiful, long-lasting relationship based upon all the coaching and all the dating tips you've been given just overall in your courses. Let go of all expectations. Boom, say that again. Let go of all expectations. Why? Because life doesn't go as perfectly as we always planned. This is one of my favorite quotes. It's like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That's it. At the end of the day, it's like, if you sit here and you plan everything, you're creating this emotional attachment to that specific situation. And now if you don't get that outcome that you're looking for, you're going to suffer. Mm. You're going to constantly suffer, suffer. That's what happens in relationships all the time. You expect your partner to act this way. You expect your partner to do this for you. You expect things to happen in this manner. And when they don't, you suffer and you build resentment and it grows bigger and bigger. And if you don't communicate it, guess what? It's going to explode one of these days and it's going to affect your relationship long term. And sometimes you say things that you can't take back mm -hmm. and you can't heal specific wounds. And by then, it's sometimes it's too late. You know, we asked him what's his relationship piece of advice you give him generally. He said, remove all expectations and it's because like you said like boyfriend girlfriend engaged yeah we're cool but once we're married i expect you to do this and this and it's just like these high almost well i mean unrealistic expectations that you know are dawned upon people it's just yeah. unfair so I, and i think that comes from two places yeah. i think number one yeah. is people who have high expectations of other people tend to have really high expectations of themselves so, you know, we, mm -hmm. everyone is our mirror, right? And so then we're, 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 we're right. projecting that on them, but you know, expectations are human. However, the, what I, what I encourage my clients is take those expectations and create agreements because in agreements, there is actually agreement. There is a conversation whereas expectation lives over here with me. You don't know what I'm, I'm thinking about. But I'm going to hold these expectations about you. And then I'm going to judge you. And every time you don't do it, I'm just going to get frustrated with you. But I'm actually not going to tell you what I expect. And so we do this exercise where I say, okay, right. let's talk about what, what does marriage mean to you? What does a husband or wife mean to you? And what are your expectations of a husband or wife? And sometimes 
people, they will surprise each other. Like the husband that I was talking about 10 minutes ago, he said, I expect that we have sex at least four times a week. For her, she's like, what? I can't do that. I'm, that's not her love language. And so that's a, that's a problem. Mm. Right, right. But again, these are things that we should be talking about before we go rushing into marriage. But I think, you know, marriage has this like, this reputation of being this like amazing thing that we all need to go through and we got to hurry up and do it as soon as possible. And instead of focusing on doing it the right way with the right person, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this, this is what I did, is I rushed into it because I was like, okay, time is a ticking. I need to have my baby soon. You know, like I'll make it work rather than really setting yourself up for success and, and, and preventing disappointment. And that's, you know, I did not do my diligence just like these clients that I was talking about a few minutes ago did not either. So I think that's really important to have those, that communication and more importantly, to have agreements like, Hey honey, here's what I expect of you. Right? So like Mike, Mike gets up before me every morning and he always makes coffee. So when I get up in the morning, there is coffee. However, it is not an expectation. Therefore, if I ever come downstairs and there's no coffee, I'm not upset. But if we make an agreement that, hey, Mike, you're the coffee man, okay? And if you're not going to make coffee, you need to let me know. And if he doesn't do it, now I have a reason to be upset because he broke a promise. But most people don't do it that way. Most people just get really upset and frustrated without actually having the proper conversation about what is needed and expected. Boom. Yeah. Wow. That is true. I feel like in your profession, you've helped countless, I, I can't even put a number of how many couples you, you've helped persevere because the knowledge we got from you already <laughs> without even asking you like the, the, the questions we had in mind for you, astounding. I, I'm, I'm in awe. My cup run is <laughs> over. Yes, already. Already. Thank you. Already. Let's get into the questions. So let's get into the questions then. Oh, yeah. Let's find I for, out. I forgot we had the questions, yeah, right? Yeah, let's vibing. get on specifics. <laughs> specific, right? Specific. Specific. Yes. Specific. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, what are the most common reasons why couples seek you and your counseling? Seek out um, your counseling. They come to me mostly because they've tried everything on their own. They love each other. They mm-hmm. want to stay together. They typically have children and and they just haven't been able to figure it out. And they're tired. They're tired. They're frustrated. They're lonely. They're at their wits end and they just are ready for the action. They're ready to stop blaming, blaming, playing the blame game. And they're like, okay, we know, th- we know that we're messed up. We own that. We just need to know how to figure this out. So the people that come to me with that kind of mm-hmm. attitude, like I want to learn how to communicate. I want to learn how to not to be triggered. I want to learn how to heal my wounds. Those are the people that within two to three weeks of working with me completely transform. Um, other people have seen nice. a therapist or a clinical counselor and have been told there's no hope for their relationship or even worse mm. they've taken sides and now they've made the rift between them even bigger 
And so it's a lot of damage control in that first week or two. But um, there hasn't there hasn't been a case yet that I haven't been able to solve if both people are committed to it. And that's really all it is. When people say to me, Janelle, can my marriage be saved? I say, well, I will always say yes, but it doesn't matter what I say. Because you need both, both of you need to be willing to, to fight, to win, to, to be a team. It's like trying to carry a couch by yourself. Yeah, you can do it, but man, it's so much easier when you have two people taking a side. Boom. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. A, a little part B to the question. What is the normal demographics that you see in terms of um, uh, with the couple? Is it like, is it majority like mar- married couples with kids, without kids? Like what is normally uh, those type of individuals? Yeah, I would say, say 60% to 70% have kids. Some of them are older, like they're about mm-hmm. to hit retirement. So their kids have already moved out and they're trying to figure out like, How do we continue this life together with no children? Because they've spent so much time playing the mommy daddy role that they forget who they are as a couple. And they feel like they have nothing in common. They have no connection. They haven't probably hadn't sex, haven't had sex in years. And so they're trying to figure out, do we want to continue together or is it best if we separate? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, good, good. I was curious because I felt like it was more a ratio of like um, kids are already established and kind of leaving the house because I've heard that uh, with couples, once the kids, you know, leave the nest and they have to like now communicate amongst themselves yeah. and not worry about the kids per se. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what do we talk about now? So yeah, I, I would, but I would say the majority back. of them are like in their 40s. They've got two or three kids. They have no time for each other. Date night hasn't happened in months. You know, there's there's very little priority made on the relationship. So typically, a lot of times, just that alone, just giving them homework to say, go on a go on a date night. They they have homework. I give them a very specific kind of homework on the date night. But go on the date night, and the rule is no talk of kids and no cell phones. And then they have this homework, which is mm. created to bring appreciation and get them re presence to why they're together and what they love and appreciate about each other and admire about each other and usually that alone will start to shift things because especially for the woman she's like i just want your i just want quality time with you i just want time without your cell phone without you thinking about work without you watch playing video games and just have time with you Mm, fair enough fair enough i like that Okay, so here is a big question that we definitely had to ask. When in a, a, a relationship, a couple, infidelity is not in the marriage, do you personally feel like that marriage is worth saving? And Sorry, what did you, what did you say about the infidelity piece? So, you know, there was infidelity committed by one of the, the spouses. Like, is that marriage worth saving? Like, obviously, this is, you know, per yeah. you know, preferential perspective. But Yeah, absolutely. Because here is the thing, okay, with infidelity. People don't get married and go, oh, okay, great. I'm going to go cheat on my wife or my husband. It is a symptom, right. not the reason why couples separate. And this, it's a symptom because there's an issue that's underlying under that. And the issue is someone does not feel loved. Someone does not feel appreciated or seen or loved or sexy or wanted. 
And we all want that as humans, right? And when we don't get it from the one person we want it from, it is like, especially if physical touch is your, you know, and of course, infidelity has different levels, right? So I'm going to just talk about like the physical piece. But if, you know, if physical touch is your love language, and that is how you need to feel truly loved, and your partner hasn't, you and your partner haven't had sex in years, which is something I, I run into a lot. It's like death for them. It is the ultimate, ultimate rejection, right? Just as someone whose um, love language is verbal affirmations to say, I hate you. I don't love you anymore. That to them is death. And so, you know, Mm. I have a lot of compassion for people who've gone through infidelity because I've been through it myself. I've been in a relationship where I felt so hungry for touch and passion and love and connection. And, you know, it's definitely not one of my best moments in life, but I have such an appreciation for it. Um, And then I wanted to share quickly, you know, when I was nine, my dad cheated on my mom with my mom's best friend who lived in our basement. And they had a baby. Mm. And he left us. And I was nine. My sister was six. My brother was three. And I remember standing in the window watching my dad leave. And what my mom said to us was, kids, your dad doesn't love us anymore. And he's leaving us. She was a little melodramatic about it. But as a a nine-year-old, like that really sticks in your brain. Dad doesn't love us anymore. And he's leaving us. And so there I am. I remember this. It was nighttime. I think it was winter. Um, He was walking down the stairs with his two bags, going into a brown car. I still remember the brown car had the engine running. And I think it was winter because I remember the smoke looking like very obvious. And he got into this car that I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. and he drove away. And I remember waiting and wondering, like, is this a joke? And waiting for him to come back or say, surprise, it's a joke. And it didn't. But I remember in doing the healing work, what I did, what I decided in that moment was that I'm unlovable. Everybody I love will leave me and I can't trust men. So, you know, this is why, you know, I was talking about, you know, going through those relationships that were really messed up. It's like, I didn't realize that that tape recorder was running in the background my whole life and was dictating who I chose to let in, into my bubble. And most of the time, I, I really tried to keep people at a distance, right? Or, I, or the opposite. I was super, super needy. But um, going back to my story, God would have it that three years later, my dad would get sick. And both his kidneys failed. And he was now put on a transplant list for a kidney. And so he couldn't work. And so his girlfriend kicked him out. And this whole time, you know, there's this one memory I have the whole, my dad was gone for three years, um, but there's this one memory I have and it's my mom in church, just praying every single day and just me sitting on the pew, just waiting for her to be done. But this is my memory of my mom just praying. And so one day my my dad comes back to my mom and says, you know, I'm sick and can you take care of me? And my mom's a nurse. So that's her thing. And my mom said, absolutely. Under two conditions. Number one, you never go back. If you're with us, you're with us. I don't want you talking to her, no contact. 
Number two, we never talk about this ever again. We forgive, we let it go, we move on. And they both kept their word until my dad passed away. And there's been, my mom used to share stories of she'd wake up in the middle of the night with my dad caressing her face. And my mom would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and my dad is just like, I'm so sorry for what I did and what I put you guys through. And my mom's like, stop it. Nope, we're not going there. Right, right. You know, but my mom is an extraordinary uh, woman. And so I, I share this story because anything is possible. And what's the beautiful thing about it is that when my, my dad passed away, eventually, um, 13 years later, after his kidney transplant, and on the day of my dad's funeral, my half brother shows up. He's like, hi, I'm your brother. Uh, and what's so extraordinary is he looks exactly carbon copy of my father it's weird the smile the haircut the face every time I see my brother it's like whoa like there's my dad you know but you know we what was so beautiful about my parents relationship was that even though all of that happened my dad was a better father he started to go to church every single day he was a better husband and the, those last 13 years were better than, than anything we'd ever had before. And so it was such a gift. And when he passed, mm. we were all together wow. and we got to say goodbye. And I got to, you know, whisper in his ear and tell him how much I loved him and I'm sorry. And, you know, all of that. And yet, I, even after he passed away, I could still feel there was parts of me that were still wounded by what happened. And so... Even though I've been doing this work on myself for 20 years and I coach people, I'm always constantly doing the work on myself, right? Because if we're not right, careful, right. those yeah. things can start to seep in again and start to create those, those shields that we put around our heart, right? Like I could, I could start a story that, oh my gosh, my dad died at 53. Why if I die at 53 or why if my husband dies at 53? And then I close my heart. And so I have right. to continually keep opening right. it up and having the courage to deal with those fears. And I think that's what we all need to do is start learning how to be okay with confronting our fear rather than letting it ruin our lives and control our emotions and dictate how we're going to live our life. Mm. Wow. <laughs> what a message. Wow. Yeah. Podcast done. <laughs> wow oh wow um i'm at a loss for words you know Any, yeah, anything we, is possible like, uh, yeah. yeah like we what from us like learning more about relationships we learned that too like with infidelities a lot of times it's a lot deeper than just what the initial actions are yeah. it's a lot deeper but granted the great thing is that um, through all the experiences, yeah. like your dad changed, mm -hmm. right? He changed. While others, some people, they may not change. Yeah. And they consistently go through constantly cheating, yeah. cheating, cheating, cheating over and over again. Never forgiven um, themselves yeah. or. And I think spouse. those guys who right. are the chronic cheaters, right. it's, you know, if anybody who's listening to this podcast is, this is happening to them. The one thing I want to say to you, it's not about you. This is all them and they're the demons that they are dealing with in themselves. 
right? Because we always think yeah. it's being done to us. Like yeah. they did it to us to hurt us. It's like, no, 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 no. They're doing it to themselves. They're, they are punishing, torturing themselves. They might not see it that way, but there is a, either a mommy daddy issue that they are like feeling so unloved that they have to go and find that, seek that love artificially. Or they're like seriously trying to sabotage themselves. Like they just don't feel worthy. So I know it's hard to hear that when you're the one being like, but he did it to me and he ruined my life. But I just want people to know that knowing what I know and being on both sides of that fence and talking to the people who have hurt their partner, this is this is this is the message. Is like it's not, it's not I want it's not like I want to hurt my wife. I just feel so unloved and so there's so much self-hatred that they will do everything they can to numb the pain, whether that's alcohol, drugs, porn, infidelity, video games. It can be anything that we do to, to numb that pain. Mm, okay. Yeah. Going deep. Yeah, it's like they say if you don't work out your your traumas, your your marriage yeah. is gonna like and bring unfortunately, it up for you. yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people right know this. They just don't know how to get out of it. They're like, okay, I see that, but now what? Now what do I do? Right? And so oh, then they'll go and yeah. see maybe they'll hire a clinical counselor or a therapist, and then they go and they just this is how I feel, and this is what's going on, and you know they'll talk about it, but then there's no action. There's no Okay, well, how do I change my behavior? How do I change my mindset so that I don't keep getting trapped in this I'm not good enough vicious cycle I keep putting myself in? That's why coaching is so distinct from counseling and therapy because their focus is on behaviors and patterns and events of the past. Whereas coaching, if you think about, you know, professional sports, it's really about the moment it's about the action that you that is required that is going to give you the results that you want in the future. So it's a very solution action strategy oriented approach rather than let's just dissect and reflect and let's look at insights and aha moments. I mean those are great, but if you have no action, you're just going to keep repeating the same thing you've always been doing. Mm. yeah that's yep. true you yep. literally have to yep. rewire your brain yep 100%, yeah 100% and that that is a, a habit yeah. you have to continue yes daily yes. right important to yourself yeah this is this this is a, a a very strong listenable for a lot of people um just tuned in singles couples whomever you know because it, it's a message it's not even a message it's a it's a, it's, it's a book at this point you know i, I love you know, what you're pouring into the episode. I love the, you know, everything you're just pouring into us. Just generally like, you know, this is really good. I, I, I thank you already. My, I said it already because you want to hear you on another episode. You said something else. My cup runneth over, right? See, <laughs> I, I said it, I said it for you pronounced. Yes. Okay. Okay. Move on with the next question. Then. So, okay. So back to infidelity, right? What would be a tip that you would give that couple that has that in their relationship? Mm. I would say is to really understand what was needed. Because I think what's so easy, the knee-jerk reaction is to go to right to blame. Hurt, blame, right? 
what I would say is, well, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this philosophy and it goes something like this. You got to slow your roll before you can speed up. And so you got to really like stop and like, instead of just reacting, it's like emotion, 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 just stop and be like, okay, this happened. Why did this happen? Where can I be, res- where can we both be responsible about what happened? And was there anything that could have been done to prevent that? And what can we do now so that this doesn't happen? You know, maybe it's because he says, well, you know what? We haven't had sex in a year. Okay. So let's talk about what we can create together so that you, you get what you need from me and you don't feel like you need to go elsewhere. You know, and it's funny because I seem to attract the kind of couples where the woman is the strong, confident, very alpha, almost the very masculine energy. And the man is more of the passive, the follower, the just tell me what you want me to do kind of guy. And, um, and I think that sometimes the, the man is actually the very sensitive one who says, you know, I just, I just need you to listen to me. I just need you to make me feel like a man. I need you to just respect me. Like sometimes it's that simple, but you know, a lot of the women I meet, they're like super moms right? They're, they're like on the PTA, they're like the chauffeur, they're the cook, they're the cleaner, they're doing everything. And their relationship, their marriage is last. Right. Hmm. So I think being responsible, I think is, is my, is my final answer. (laughs) For 200. Okay. 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 So there there's hope that don't mean to participate and, and, and antagonize or even like, yeah, participate in activities like, Oh yeah, we'll forgive and we'll work out it after. Uh, but there's a deeper rooting. So for everybody, just find out that deeper rooting instead of just going to blame game. Yeah. I could appreciate that. Next. And maybe even speak to your spouse. Like, listen, I actually feel like doing this. And the reason why I feel like doing this is because yeah. this is what I'm not getting. Yeah. And I think it's important to communicate that. In a way, we talk about communication like, oh, yeah, I communicate, but it's the way we communicate that's even more important. The tone, right? The tone, the energy. And so, sure, you could go say, well, yeah, I communicated with him. But, yeah, but how did you communicate it? Did you communicate it in a way where his defenses went up? Did you communicate in a way that you made him feel like he was a bag of poo? Like, how did you communicate it? Or did you do it Mm. in a loving and supportive and curious way where you really actually are interested and curious about what's actually going on with the other person rather than just focusing on me, 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 me. Exactly. And that goes on to our next question. Right. Right. Do you feel that, and I feel like this is a, a, an obvious question, but you know, I still want to ask, do you feel that lack of communication uh, plays a role in couples wanting to end. You know what? Marriage. I What's actually would say that? it's not the lack of the communication; it's how they communicate. Because everybody communicates; they right. just argue, okay. they interrupt, they disrespect, they yell. So it doesn't even matter if they communicate or not. If they're behaving in a way that no one can hear what the other person is saying, because ego and pride is in the way, and we're in like total survival right the all the defense mechanisms the walls are up 20 feet doesn't matter how much you talk no one's listening 
So, and so this is, this is, you know, why I put so much emphasis on learning how to communicate in a way that does not trigger the other person so that you can actually get what they're actually saying. So for example, when someone's giving a complaint, right? You never spend time, you work too much, whatever that complaint is. Every complaint has a desire. There's something that that person is asking for. But because when we're when our ego and our defense mechanisms are up, all we hear is, oh, so you're saying I'm not good enough. Oh, so you're saying that I'm a crappy husband or whatever, right? Rather than listen, okay, what is she actually asking for? Oh, she's saying she just wants time with me. And so I think if us, if we can actually change the way we communicate instead of coming from blame and going, you know what, honey, I get that work is really important. I just really miss you. And I miss our time together. Can we, right? Rather than being like, well, you never spend time with me, right? And then the other person just kind of feels like they're being hijacked, emotionally hijacked. And they're like, uh, what do I say to that? Right? So I think it's not, I think, yeah, yes, sure. there is a lack of communication, but I think it's the, 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 the fact that we don't know how to communicate that has us not be in communication. Mm. Yeah, what it say is not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, it's cliche, but it's the truth. Tonality, yeah. Yeah, and plus it makes you feel like, oh, you miss me? Okay, okay, girl. Let me wow. put you in my calendar. You know what I mean? Like, it makes you feel a little special. Like, wow, you miss me. Like, I haven't heard that in a while. Like, because I, I thought I've been with you, that like, we are spending quality time because I'm here yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to get specific. In and you got to be yeah, specific with what the ask is. So, you know, a lot of people get frustrated exactly. when they go, well, he doesn't help me. Okay, well, what does help mean? What does that look like? They're like, I don't know. So, well, then how is he supposed to know what help looks like? And I sort of, so I get them to be very specific. So I have this one couple who, um, they went to see a therapist. Therapist says, so can't help you. You guys should just get divorced. They came to see me. And really, they just fought like 10 times a day. And what she was really, really upset about was she goes, I have no help. I have no partner. I have no partnership. And so I said to her, okay, what do you need? What, what's one thing that your husband can do every day that would have you just, it would just make your day. And then she thought about it and she says, you know what? If he can just take the kids for 20 minutes when I come home from work so that I can have a shower, or that I can just have something to eat, I can go to the bathroom, I can change and just have a sip of water, that would make my day. And so I said to him, is that something you can do? He's like, yeah, totally. They come back the next week, everything's changed. Everything, it's like day and night. I'm like, they're completely different different couple, just making that one change. All of a sudden they start communicating. Now they're starting to laugh again. Now, now they're working in partnership and she's showing him appreciation. And now he's like, oh, okay, now I'm getting appreciated. Now he wants to help more. And it just, yeah. And so when people say marriage is difficult, I'm always like, I don't necessarily agree with that. It can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be difficult. Right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Got it. Yeah. It's like what I said before, right? I said, like, your marriage only struggles if you make it struggle. It's like, what are you doing? You know, the only way why it struggles, it's like, 
you can't blame the other person only. Like, yeah. what are you not doing? Pain and suffering only exist when you resist what is so. It's my favorite saying. I'll say that again. Pain and suffering only exist when yeah. you resist what is so. So what that means is if you have it like, he shouldn't be this way, she shouldn't be this way, I shouldn't be this way, my body shouldn't be this way, the world shouldn't be this way, my finances should, shouldn't be this way. When we resist, that is where the struggle occurs. But the world, our body is fine. It's happy the way it is, but we have a problem with it because we're resisting something about it. But when we can just have the grace and the compassion and be like, hey, you know what? This is the body God gave me. These are my finances. My kids are the way they are. And that's just perfect for me. When we can start to let go of this need for control, that's when we're going to have peace. So we can create our own peace. We just, like to your point, right? We just create this kind of like struggle within ourselves because we somehow feel like something is not good enough. Mm. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Excuse me, go ahead. Go ahead. Right, the next <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, so do you advise couples to know each other's Absolutely. love languages? Um, when a couple says to me, I don't feel loved in this relationship, that's the first place we go. I ask them, do you know each other's love language? And hmm. the answer is always no. And I think I love I love love languages because it's easy. You know, as, as soon as you find out the top two things, you just do those two things over and over again and you will win. So like me and my husband, we, we practice our love languages every single day. And I know, so mine is service and verbal affirmations. So my husband is very good at telling me how beautiful I am, how perfect I am, how much he loves me, how he loves my smile, how amazing, like he just just pours the love on for no reason. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to look any particular way. He just loves me just the way I am. And he makes me coffee. Nice. He cooks me dinner. He cleans without me asking. To me, that is a big turn on. For him, his love language is verbal affirmations and physical touch. So I know as long as I give him, you know, tell him how much I love him and miss him, and that he gets a hug and a kiss every single day. And I, you know, a little rub, back rub or a back scratch. That, that's all he needs from me. And so I think we sometimes create way more work for ourselves when it really doesn't matter. Like we think our partner, we have to buy our, our partner all these things and gifts and trinkets when honestly, they probably don't even care. Right? And so it just makes, mm. it makes the whole exchange of love and that energy of love so much simpler when we know exactly what the formula is to our partner's heart exactly okay wow all right so the plug we... is get to know your love yeah. language and your yeah. spouse love and if you yeah. don't know what it is yeah. the easiest way to figure out what that is is what does your partner complain about the most is it quality time is it the lack of bedroom time is it the lack of you know you never buy me anything anymore you know if they people are pretty if you really listen you can hear what it is yeah loud and clear it's true yeah it's crazy though i know like um gifts is a part of my top three but most of the times like i buy myself <laughs> the gifts yeah 
And the gift doesn't have to be monetary. A gift like, can what? be like a post-it note that says, I love you so much. Like it doesn't actually have to have dollars. Attached yeah. To yeah. Yeah. Or what I love is when I tell Kimar what I want and then he just gets me what I want. But I just make it easy for him. I always just tell him like, these are the things that I've been on my wish list. So yeah. anything. You know what my husband does? Happy. So my husband's a musician. If I say something like, I love that song he will go and learn the song and he will learn the words and he will sing it and he will play it. He might even record it. Like he turns, he turns any love song and somehow fits my name in it. To me, that's like, that's romance for me. Wow. Yeah, that is <laughs> nice. Ooh la la, I like that. <laughs> so, um, wow. Definitely a great interview. Um, I, I, I love it. I, the next question I would ask then is, you know, how can a couple keep and maintain the spark in their mm, relationship? That's a good question. I would say two or three things. Number one, communication, right? So like even for mm. Mike and I, you know, we've been together now 17 years and I can see our, our relationship is kind of going through a, a new season, if you will, right? And... And so things are changing. And so we're both very aware of like, okay, we need to put in a little, we need to hit the gas pedal a little bit harder right now to put in the work to maintain, if you want to call it the altitude that we're at, right? But it's really in, first of all, communication. Number two, I think is always creating, you know, like, you know, when you're, when you get married, right? Why is the wedding day so exciting? It's because you're creating this vision for your future. But when we get married, especially after 10, 20 years, we stop creating. We just kind of start getting stuck in this like, oh, yeah, get up, get up, go to pay the bills, go to sleep, you know, kind of get in this rut. And then then we stop, we stop getting excited about the future. And so for Mike and I, for example, we're like, hey, we should go take salsa lessons. Hey, what do you think about trying paint night? Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's learn how to massage each other. Hey, let's, why don't we go work out and, you know, maybe why don't we rent an RV and go travel around Canada? Like we just really look at things that we are interested and enrolling each other in being playmates of life and really keeping it fresh and exciting. And just really for us, it's really about partnership. Right. And so it's like, okay, he wants to go see this, this, this concert somewhere in the gorge, right. In some crazy desert. He's like, yeah, do you want to come with me? And I'm always game. I'm like, as long as you're there, I'm game. And so we're creating new adventures as our, mm-hmm. as our, the, the, the seasons of our relationship change. Um, I think that's it. And just can just continue. And I think it's really about just continually putting in the effort and keep and keep reassuring each other okay. that you're still into each other. Because I think, especially after you've been together for a while and you stop communicating, hey, I love you. Hey, thanks for being here. Hey, you know, I, this is awesome. If we stop doing that, we keep taking it for granted. And the other person's going to start to question that. And so, again, I just keep reiterating to my right. husband, hey, I really love you. You know that? Like, you're my person. And I might not show it all the time, but I just nice. want to remind you, like, there's nobody else I'd rather be with. Mm. 
Keep creating. Yeah. Keep creating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very important. Very important. Keep creating and like finding like a joint hobbies or joint interests to do. So you can have something new we can talk about, something new we can do together. And another version of what? And even just like talking on one of the things that Mike and I like to to do for fun is we will go on YouTube and we will just watch videos of really cool places like Amsterdam or the Maldives. And we'll kind of like go on a little trip in our mind or we'll start to look at like real estate and we're like, oh, this is where I want to live in five years. So again, we're creating a vision for what we want next year, the next five years and the next 10 years. And we're always creating. Creating. Stay creative. Yes. Yeah, so because you're not creating, you're stagnant. Okay. Fair enough. That, that's a really powerful, powerful point. Yes. I <laughs> okay, Janelle. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, what ways do you guide couples to a proper compromise in your How culture? do we create co- a proper compromise? Is that what you said? How do you okay, guide them to it. a proper compromise? So, one of the exa- one of the exercises we do is around expectations. And I think, you know, to there there are certain topics that are extremely important to be on the same page about, right? Where do you want to live? How many kids do you want? Right? Like what are those core values of your family? And so sometimes they are at slightly different phases or opinions of of that thing. But I think it's, you know, one of the things that Mike and I do really, really well is the compromise. Is like, how do we create a win-win? So here's the thing about it, right? Like, If you think about how we were raised, we were raised to win. And this is why communication is so hard because inside of a disagreement, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants, you want, you know, you're trying to convince the other person that your point is right. Rather than going, okay, how can I use this important conversation to create closeness and connection and understanding and empathy? Right? And so compromises is really, I, to me, first of all, uh, a declaration of love. Like, hey, I'm willing to meet you halfway so that we can both feel acknowledged and appreciated. Because if one person, and this is my ex-husband, by the way, my first marriage, it was always his way. I could never win, no matter what. There was no compromise. And so I always felt like I was not as important in the relationship. Like I felt like he was up here and I was down here and I had to always go with what he wanted, but I was never allowed to, to have what I wanted. And it just, it just doesn't feel good. Mm. But when you can really listen and acknowledge and appreciate and really ask yourself, okay, how can we both get what we want? That's what's important. It's not about winning. And the couples that try to win and dominate and try to be the one who's right versus wrong, those are the relationships that don't last. Mm. Mm. Exactly. So I can always say there's no winning in an argument, just compromise. That's, That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. This has been a, a, um, a power-packed uh, interview. You know, you really came with a lot of gems. Like oh, yeah. you, you ready to let loose and you let loose already. So, 
you know, we're just, I mean, I'm saying it, I've said it already. Thank you for, for sharing so much. I have one final question to bring it home. And I feel yeah. like you're going to knock this out of okay. the park. Parks, plural. What is one final tip you'd want to give to anyone listening to this uh, episode, you know, to have a long lasting, beautiful relationship? Like what's yeah. that final tip you'll give them? Remember that all of us just want to be loved and to belong and to be accepted just the way we are. I think we forget sometimes that within each of us is that little five-year-old that just wants to be loved. You know, and sometimes we assume that just because our physicalness has matured, that our emotional capacity has always has also matured at that same rate. And for a lot of people, for many reasons, it, that's not the case. And so I invite people to the, the compassion that you have for children, the gentleness that you take care of their heart with. If you can apply that level of care and grace and humility and patience and tolerance to your partner that you would to a child, and not from a diminishing standpoint, not like they're not smart or anything like that, but to just give them that space to be human and to see them for who they are, not who you think they should be is such a gift, right? Like when, think about it, when you're in a relationship where you feel like you don't have to change and that you are enough, how powerful is that? Versus being in a relationship where someone says, you should do this and why aren't you doing that? And you forgot to do this and you didn't do good, did that good enough. Why can't you get it right? Right, that energy is so different. And so we all wanna, we all wanna go to this promised land called love and happiness and joy and passion, but yet the way we behave is not necessarily in alignment with that. And so I think for us, it's really about who are we? Who do we wanna become? And who, how do we wanna be seen? And are we actually behaving the way that we want others to behave? Be the change you wish to see. That's probably, I'm going to end this. Be the change you wish to see. You want more love? Give more love. You want more forgiveness? Give forgiveness. If you want to be accepted, accept everybody around you. Boom. 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 Knock it out of the park. Exactly. Love it. Everywhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I already done said my cup runs over twice. I know this has been such an amazing interview. It feels like yeah. I like we were in coaching. Like, yeah, I feel like we was getting. Was like, yeah, well, this is what it's like to be with me for an hour. So <laughs> that's this right. Is, it's been an unofficial session. I know. I love you too much. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, I. It's funny, like. <laughs> Sometimes I, I do randomly will say that to him. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just want to tell you. Yeah. Like, I appreciate you. Oh, okay. See, he makes it all awkward. Because it's just random. Well, isn't um, words of affirmation your love language? Yeah, but like, you know. So what if it's, it's just random? We're on a whole interview. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the cutest, though. I always say, I'm like, you're the cutest. Thank you. And, and and you're the cutest, you know, carrying the future Aww. son. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're the cutest. All right. 
Yeah. So this has been such a, such an amazing interview. We really appreciate your your thoughts and your your coaching tips, like your knowledge, everything. Yes. Real quick, where can everybody find you on social media and so on and so forth? And if they want this, yeah, absolutely. You, so they can follow me on my website, which is uh, either my name JanelleGreen.com, or to make it easier, SaveOurMarriage.ca. And I, I work mostly with couples, mm. but I also have some people that their partner isn't in a place to work on their marriage, but they want to work on themselves so that they can be the best version of themselves and be the best mom, dad, you know, spouse that they can be. So I am happy. Yeah. Phenomenal. Okay. Yes, and we'll have all of Janelle's links in the bio. Mm -hmm. So you can be able to to reach her like as soon as you want like that information absolutely absolutely all right then so i guess we're ready to you know take this and, and close up shop then unfortunately <laughs> yes 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 yeah so thank you again janelle thank you again and um to everyone out there have a great day a great evening a great night and wherever you are in the world stay blessed yes be well